1: Welcome to the show. It is Ivy Nation Sports Talk. It is Monday, a brand new week. Welcome to the brand new
2: week. And I, I
1: mean, we are not Marshall is right on point. We were spending extra time in the makeup chair. Can you tell? Let's this doesn't just happen.
2: I mean, this.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well will uh, hope everyone's doing great today. By the way, Vince, I don't know if you heard national crisis averted today. Oh, yeah. uh, Peter King early this morning reported that the NFL may not might not have been able to put out its schedule as planned on Thursday. But as of this afternoon, there are uh, new reports that they are indeed going to be able to put it out on time. I guess the computer was like spitting out, you know, all these different. (laughs) scenarios and okay. time games and all these different things and so there was a chance it wasn't going to happen but the NFL will put out its schedule as planned this Thursday night and of course you know as usual they'll trickle out a few games you know of course you before Thursday night and stuff like that so
2: do you give a crap like do. does it does it really does it does it like are you into that like knowing what the schedule I is going mean, to be
1: I'm not like, oh, I got to know exactly who's playing it. But it's, you know, it's like, okay. what else is going on in May, <laughs> you know?
2: I mean, that's that's that part is fair. There's not a whole lot going on in May. Uh, I just, I don't know, schedule release like that. I don't know. That doesn't do anything for me. Especially, I will say college football doesn't do anything for me because they're well, always so far out in advance. And I'll tell you that. At least this is coming up.
1: Exactly. And like – college can't do anything comparable because of the fact that they do have to plot their together, you know, like the closest they could do, like, you know, the ACC or in the different conferences release their, with their conference schedules and stuff like that are going to be, you know, like Notre Dame is still trying to figure out, you know, like we don't know what times all the games are going to be, even though pretty much for the most part. yeah. Yeah. But you know, even then, you know, it goes like week to week. And in fact, we do actually have a, uh, a college football related schedule thing coming up in rapid fire.
2: A little bit. Ah, later. That's right. We do. But, I forgot
1: about that. I'm so focused yeah, I mean, on the content you know, today. NFL, NFL, you know, they just find a way to continue to own the calendar.
2: They really around. do. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, they something is happening with the NFL year round. And it is. It it is it's it's a bigger deal that the NFL is coming out with their schedule than it is to watch USFL games.
1: <laughs> it Absolutely
2: is like
1: that's it absolutely is.
2: I know actual football being played.
1: <laughs> I know. You know, speaking of the NFL, uh, if I'm, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll probably get caught in a tangent, but I'll just go ahead. It's like, okay, y- you don't watch a whole lot of NFL Network, right? Zero, you know, right? About actually, that? okay, yeah. Okay, well, it's pretty much on all the time during the day. You know, like when I'm here working in the background. You know, like I've said before, when there are day baseball games on, which only really only happens like a couple times, you know, I'll flip on baseball in the afternoon as an alternative, especially because like, you know, the target demographic for NFL Network is obviously a male demographic, right? And it skews a little bit older as well. Now, that doesn't mean – that there are no females watching the NFL Network, that's right, But I'm that's you know. But the target but, demo, yeah, is a, right. is an older male audience, right? So, like me, Vince, you are married, right? <laughs> I don't have to confirm that, but it's true. We're both married, so there are these commercials that the NFL Network plays that are there. I just don't get because in each of these commercials, they're they're for life insurance, and in each of them, they basically have a wife berating her husband (laughs) for not having the life insurance that they're selling. Yeah, And one is a little bit older couple. One is a little bit, you know, like thirties, forties type age. And you know, maybe they show them on some other networks as well. I don't know if you've seen. I I know what you're.
2: I know what you're talking about. For and I mean, sure. I
1: don't have a degree in psychology, but it just seems like if your goal is to actually again male male target demo, if your goal is to get the male of the household to get off his butt <laughs> and go buy life insurance, it doesn't seem like, you know, it seems like you might not want to have a proxy for your wife yelling at you <laughs> through the TV <laughs> in these commercials all the time. Like am I? Am I wrong about that?
2: I mean, it's- it it's. Thank
1: you, like if you saw, uh, you know, like this woman yelling at her husband to go buy life insurance, would that make you say, man, I really need to go buy life insurance?
2: Just <laughs> yeah. be like, well, that's pretty much how the conversation goes around here. I guess I need to go do this, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's great. I, just, I mean, it's not, it's the complete opposite of my house. It's me berating my wife to do different things on that. Okay. Well, it, so it's the opposite at my house, but everything else besides the finances, I'm getting berated. So gotcha. it works.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. See, and that's just, that's my point. It's like, especially when you've been married like us, I'm going on 30, you're going on, is it 19? Do 19, you're 19 this, year, this year, but yeah, 19? no, it's 19,
2: but yeah, I'm rounding up at this point.
1: So it's, it's, it's 19 going on 20.
2: It, yeah it'll be 19 in august so it'll be 19 okay yeah okay. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: well you're close you're still closing in on 20 you're not that yeah. far behind right so. yep so i don't know that's just <laughs> I had to get that no that's great i think that's
2: hilarious <laughs> i think great. it's great something
1: it literally when i'm sitting there i'll be working and all of a sudden i start hearing the it's like i'll look up it's like oh this part is coming
2: mute <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's muting the
1: commercials <laughs> yes And I'll just sit there for, you know, and then, you know, I'll go back to work and then, you know, it'll be quiet and then I'll look up and it's like, okay, the the regular, the program is actually. So
2: you don't do what the, the, you don't go to the classic Steyer's channel change at that point? I mean, because you are the surfer of (laughs) surfers. I am. I am.
1: But I don't. I just, especially if I'm, you know, in the middle of something, it's it's fair enough. I'm not going to flip around just so there's some other noise coming at me, so. (laughs)
2: I was going to say, uh, We Are Marshall says, uh, I love all these commercials for the modern audiences. Dad is always the dumbass in every commercial. (laughs) That's that's,
1: that's exactly right.
2: It's not wrong. not wrong.
1: Do we need to watch TV to
2: feel like dumbass even more? I feel like that on a daily basis. Come on.
1: (laughs) Make me feel good about myself,
2: you know? Uh, Yeah, pretty much All right.
1: Well, hit the uh, the like button if you would, if you feel like it. I guess at this point, <laughs> just go ahead and and do it. And of course, subscribe, rate, and review. We, we've actually got some Notre Dame football. To we talk do about today, and this is this is a topic. What we're talking about today: the offensive and defensive numbers we'd be happy with slash we need to see from Notre
2: Dame this season. Oh, okay. Well, so, I mean, yeah. So that I, I'm, not, I'm
1: not gonna, I'm not gonna like like change the yeah the whole thing around it what what did what did you prepare for
2: I prepared for what I thought they would actually happen Oh
1: you are pre- just predicting numbers I
2: okay. predicted numbers but I can very easily you know adjust you know what I'm saying like I cuz I had to really kind of dig into what were the national leaders and where things were and, and some things like that's kind of the research that. that I did with, Yeah. you know
1: like who like m- like the way I was looking at at this is like with an eye toward being in the college football playoff. Sure. What are the What are the numbers right need to be? That's fair. Yeah. You know, obviously knowing that Sam Hartman is there, you know, so I, I didn't necessarily predict numbers as much as like this is this is where it it needs to. Okay. Be. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like we did two different things, but I think but Olsen that's okay. We'll be along okay. this the same lines by the yeah. time it's
4: over. No, we'll be
1: good. We'll be good. This will be fun. Right. So just kind of for some background, there are five key statistical categories that are most predictive of overall success. You like when it, it, it comes to making it college to the college football playoff, being a national championship contender, rushing offense, pass efficiency, offense, run defense, total defense, and turnover margin. And, I think what's funny though is like you kind of have to acknowledge that TCU <laughs> was an outlier last sure. year. Like when you look at at where they were, you know, they had they had a couple statistics, you know, like passing offense, they were 39th, rushing offense, they were 31st, but they were 95th in total defense, 97th in passing yards allowed, 79th in rushing defense like you talk about outliers like oh, not yeah. many teams have ever made it to the playoff
2: looking like that right yeah so, you, you've got to be able well, to have some like, semblance of a defense and they didn't
1: yeah. and my point is you know like you know so we're going to talk about some of this stuff and then you know people say well tcu was this that you know and they may it. look that's again they're 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 an outlier like yeah the fact that they not only got to the playoff but won a playoff game—I know for a national championship is is pretty remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> really. When you sit back and look at it, agreed. What they were
2: so agreed.
1: You want to start with the well? Here is a couple different things. Okay. The two playoff teams, the 2020 team averaged 33 a game, gave up 19 per game. The 2018 team average 31 they allowed 18 so like in both cases you know over 30 but under 20 is what they gave up um we don't have to go too deep in it. like i don't want to just well, start
2: spitting out a bunch of numbers but yeah but i think that's i think that's indicative of what a playoff team can do but those were numbers of a playoff team that didn't really even compete in that playoff game right i mean they they were in it but they weren't going to win it. You know what I mean? And one of those numbers needs to be, in my opinion, significantly higher than it was. And the other number is fine right where it's at. That's how I feel about Notre Dame. Okay. So, for example, yeah, the score, scoring offense. Specific, yes. Right? Scoring offense was in the low 30s on both of those squads. Scoring defense was in the upper teens, right? So for yeah. me, to be a playoff team, I think in this era of college football, I think that you need to be in the upper 30s to 40 for scoring offense. So I put, what would I be happy with? I'd be happy with 40 points a game. Right on the money, 40 points a game. I think they had the ability to do that. Scoring defense, I put it at 20. And that's not even as low as it was when they made the playoff. But, but I you think, can
1: get by with that if you're averaging you can, 40 points. Yes,
2: exactly correct. Because I think you do need to outscore some teams in the playoffs. I mean, look look at the scores in the playoffs. You need to be able to score points, okay?
1: Yes. For your point, here, here are some scoring averages from last year. Notre Dame averaged almost 32 points a game last season. They ranked 42nd in the nation. Ohio State, number two in the nation, 44 points a game. USC didn't make the playoffs, obviously, but they were just outside. They made it to a New Year's Six Bowl. And, you know, Notre Dame obviously played them third in the nation, 41 points a game. Alabama right behind them, 41 points. Georgia also 41 points. Those are teams two through five. Ohio State, USC, Alabama, and Georgia. Michigan was number six at 40 points a game, which is really... You know again you can talk about their schedule and who they're playing in the Big 10 and all that different stuff but the bottom line is their schedule was not that much softer than than Notre Dames you know like the balance of the schedule I, I think Notre Dame played higher quality sure you know at the, like they're you know their their top end their basically. top end was
2: be- was was better than the top end of what Michigan Yeah I mean was they playing.
1: both yeah. played Ohio State obviously yeah and you know Michigan didn't have to play USC Michigan number number six with forty points a game. TCU, you know, again, you know, we can talk about their defense and stuff like that all we want, but they were ninth in scoring, right. At thirty nine points a game. So right. I agree. Like if Notre Dame is in that thirty nine to forty one point range, that's really where you need to be. Like we we've talked about this before. The, the like we grew up with the with the old defense wins championship, right? But But that's not it in college football. Now, you've got to have the offense if you're going to win, if you're going to get into the playoff and win championships ultimately. So they've got to be right around 40 points a game, I think.
2: I I saw a quote from Nick Saban not that long ago, and I I know that's – he's still the best college football coach in history. So I do listen to what he has to say when he's talking about the actual game itself. And he Mm -hmm. said, you know, back when I first started at Alabama – if you had the number one defense, you had a great chance of winning the national championship. Now you need an offense that's going to be able to outscore because the good defenses aren't going to be able to stop the good offenses. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he changed the way they do things. That's why the offense now at Alabama is scoring a bunch of points. The defense isn't the number one team in the nation anymore, but they're good enough, right? And so he's he's spot on, right? And Brian and I have talked about this a bunch when we used to do shows together all the time. It's you defense will get you to the championship or to the final four. Offense will get you to the championship. Right. You need to score points. You need to score points and and Notre Dame just hasn't had a team that can do both. They just, they just haven't. And exactly. and mostly it's putting the ball in the end zone. Bottom line. Yeah. And that's
1: why you have to be more proficient. That's why and prolific Really, and that's why you have to have more playmakers on the offensive side right. of the ball. And guess yes. what? Look at look at
2: recruiting there the last couple cycles. Bingo. You know? Yes. Bingo. And it helps to have a trigger man that's not afraid to put the ball down the field. So exactly, yeah. exactly. So we're
1: both in agreement there. You got to be right around at least forty points in that forty-point ballpark. You know, give or take, that'll put you around the top ten.
2: I think, which I think is enough. I really do. I I think I do think that's enough. If you have, you know, if if you're scoring less than twenty, or if you're giving up less than three touchdowns, but you're scoring forty, you got a pretty good shot of making some waves in the playoff, no Mm -hmm. doubt. Mm -hmm. Anthony, thanks for the
1: super chat. He says total offense top fifteen, top total defense top twenty, and I I think that's pretty.
2: I mean, I think that's pretty solid. I mean, I I don't disagree with that. I would love to have a top 10 offense. Um, If I'm being honest, I would love to have a top 10 offense. And You know, what is that? You know, if we're just looking at last year, let me pull this up here. So a top 10 offense last year for total offense. Let's see here. There we go. Total offense. So top 10 was like 484 yards a game. Um, so that's a decent number of yards, obviously. Scoring offense, that puts you at, what, 38.8 points a game. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see top 10, you know, and that's obviously just going off of last year. If they could be top 10, then I think you really got something cooking.
1: Well, look, here's here's what really kind of got me. Because, again, like rushing offense is more predictive of championship caliber success than passing offense it's pass efficiency offense that is actually more important but again like you look at michigan not known for their passing by any means but they sure. ended up six in the nation scoring 40 points a game the rushing offense was fifth they averaged 238 rushing yards per game notre dame was number 35 respectable yeah. and 189 per game but michigan number 83 in uh, in in overall passing yards, but number twenty three in passing efficiency. So okay. you know, again, the pass efficiency number traditionally is more important than the than the passing yards. But like Notre Dame was, for example, ninety eighth in passing yards per game last year. They were actually again respectable at number thirty two in pass efficiency, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> would you right? Would you consider what things look like at Oof, times last wolf. year? right wolf
2: yeah no doubt yeah
1: Yeah. no doubt but you know again like we talk you know is it going to be pass heavy is it going to be run heavy is it going to be you know some some kind of balance really all that all that matters is you have a, a a good enough rushing attack to give you some balance and as long as you're not turning the ball over you know you're right. completing you know more passes than you're not your pass efficiency numbers are good that's that's really, and that's I think both of those things lead to the scoring offense. Ultimately, right. if you can be top, you know, right around top fifteen, top twenty in both, then that's you're gonna you're gonna score some points. You're gonna score a lot of points.
2: And that's the thing. I I could really care less how Notre Dame gets to those point totals. It really doesn't matter to me whether it's a dominant run game, whether it's a dominant pass game, whether it's balanced attack. I don't personally care. Now, if we start breaking it down and we start talking about matchups and you know all of those things, I care a little bit more about what the offense is doing and how they're doing it. But at the end of the day, if they're able to average 40 points a game, I don't care. I, I really don't care because that's the be-all, end-all for me. I, it's it's kind of like a means to an end. I don't care how you get there, but you need to get there. And And with this team, if they can get to 40 points a game, they're going to be pretty dangerous when it comes to the playoffs.
1: Interesting comment from Joe. He says, I don't think Notre Dame's competing for a national championship without being top 10 in anything. So now do you mean they have to be top 10 in everything to compete for a national championship or like where, like what, how are you reading this? Vince?
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. And we're not even saying that they're not going to be top 10 in anything. We're saying they could be top 10 in scoring and they could be just outside the top 10 and like 15 to 20 when it comes to scoring defense. And I still think you're okay, right? I, I think that's that's the thing. You, he's right. You need to be really good at something if you're going to be a national champion. I mean, I, I completely agree with Joe on that one because if you're not, good teams are going to find a way to exploit your weaknesses, right? And that's what happened with TCU, right? I mean, eventually their defense got exploited in the championship game. Obviously, Michigan couldn't do it, but it it did happen eventually, right? So good teams are going to exploit your weaknesses. Well, and again, like when you
1: look at total defense, which is one of the predictors of, of success, Notre Dame was 22nd last right. year in total defense. Again, respectable. It's the red zone defense where they've really got to improve, but there were only For two sure playoff teams that were top 10 in total defense last year. Michigan was number six. Georgia was number 10. Michigan got knocked out in the first round by a better offensive team, you know, and again, like that comes to, okay, Michigan, you know, I mean, look, that, that game could have gone either way. Both teams were scoring a lot of points, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but my point is only two of the four were top 10. So you don't necessarily have to be top 10, especially, if you're scoring 40 points a game, which all of those teams were, every team that was in the playoff with the exception of TCU, which is averaging 39, the other three were all right. averaging 40 or better.
2: That's, and that's splitting hairs. I mean, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's splitting hairs. Might as
1: well be 40. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. So, so did you have any other points you wanted to make on the offensive side of the ball then?
2: Yeah, I mean, a little
1: bit more about the defense.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I predicted, I guess, you know, the rush offense, what I would want to see, the pass offense. You know, I did break it down. You know, I would be happy. And, and look, I think like Notre Dame averaged about 189 yards or so a game on the ground last year. I think they can do a little bit better than that this year. Honestly, if they're at 200 a game, I think that's fine. I really do. I, I think they'll be more around the 210 area. I mean, if you tell me that they're going to hit 20 more yards a game than they did last year, I think that I think I could get on board with that. Right. Um, And then as far as
1: like not to cut you off, but in in, in 2020, their 2020 playoff team averaged 211 yards per game, and five yards per carry. The 2018 team averaged 182 per game, 4.4 per carry. So it wasn't quite as, you know, like I would have. I would have thought just like if I was thinking of those two teams, even though I, I guess when you think about it, the twenty twenty team was so based on running the football. But again, you're about twenty yards off there in terms of what right. one was and what the other
2: was right. So right.
1: it's but I do think that they should be right around at least two, especially when you look at the schedule they're going to play this sure season, exactly. They should be right around two hundred yards per game running the yep. ball,
2: I think completely agree and you know as much as we think that this offense is going to be prolific with the passing game and do a lot of things pushing the ball down the field and all of that and you know the 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 assignment today was what numbers would I be happy with this season 300 yards passing on average so that's yeah. 200 on the ground, 300 through the air, you're averaging 500 yards a game I would be happy with that you know and if that equals 40 points a game I I think you've got to be happy with with that outcome. So do I think they could run the ball better than 200 yards a game? Yep. Do I think they could pass the ball better than 300 yards a game? Yep. But I would be happy if they averaged 200 and 300.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, again, like plus or minus, I think that 300 is definite. Like they only threw for 207 yards a game. So bad. So bad in the nation, which makes it even more amazing that they were able to run for what they were able to run for last year. And with the true passing attack now, I think it's going to be, it's going to be up there around 300 per game. I I don't, I I completely agree with that. And, you know, again, like you look at Georgia, which I think, you know, if you think about Georgia, they're more probably thought of because of the way they are built Mm -hmm. for their rushing attack. They threw for 295 yards a game last yeah. year. You know, and I think that that with Stetson Bennett as the quarterback. So right. I think with Sam Hartman and and what he's going to have around him, yeah, I think I think they're going to be pushing that uh,
2: that 300 yard number as well. Yeah, and like I said, you average if you average 500 yards a game, so that's 200 and 300, right? If you average 300 yards a game last year. Three hundred point seven. Okay, so it's basically three hundred. Three hundred point seven put them at th- would put them at thirteenth in the nation. I, okay, and to get into the top ten, you'd have to have three eleven point two. So you know, if that's the bar, then I'd be pretty happy. You know, I mean, I, and that you know, I'd be pretty happy with that, right? I mean, yeah, because I think you you're going to be able to go nuts against some of these teams within the passing game. But then it's all, okay, when do you take your foot off the gas? You know, there's a lot of things that go along with it. But again, if they can average 300, I think they're going to be in good shape.
1: Yeah, Georgia, number 15 in the nation with that 295. So, like, if that gives you an idea, like people are talking about when you need to be top 20 or top 10 or whatever, the national champion was 15th in the nation in passing offense. They were sixth, though, in pass efficiency. Offense, You know, so they were elite in terms of their their pass efficiency. TCU was 15th and Michigan 23rd in terms of the pass efficiency. And again, like that's a number that we really can't predict. It's just you have to be better there. And with a quarterback like Sam Hartman, they should be considerably better. And they were already 32nd in pass efficiency last year, you know, because what was it? It was a lot of dink and dunk type stuff right. obviously you know look for Michael Mayer <laughs> right you know so again we expect that to look a lot different this year and that rushing offense is going to help that I believe
2: yeah for sure and and I, I do want to I want to bring this up from Joe because he makes a good point averaging 40 a game is good but the points per game can't dip against the better teams the way it usually does now it depends on what your definition of dip is right if they're averaging 50, usually, yeah. 50 55 points against the garbage you can't average seven against Ohio State and Clemson. Completely right. agree with that. But don't expect to score 40. Don't expect to hit your average. It is going to dip. That's the that's the literal definition of an average. Some right. are higher, some are lower, and then you get an average, right? It's going to dip below 40, but it can't dip into the teens and the single digits. You, you, exactly. And, and so that part of it I com- to, yeah. You have
1: to be able to win shootouts. Yes. What it comes
2: and I think that's probably what Joe meant. I just wanted to clarify that, you know, he's absolutely right. The offense didn't show up in big games. Ohio State last year, I mean, they didn't, right? Clemson, I mean, not 90 yards of passing or whatever. Like, they ran the ball great. I mean, they took Clemson's will running the ball. But you do need to be more balanced. You need to have more through the air. I mean, the offense needs to show up, you know, all of those different things. So I agree with Joe on this one. You can't have a letdown offensively. In your big games,
1: right? If you're averaging 40 points over the course of a 12 game season, odds are in the three games against the tougher opponents, you might be closer to 30 points or 28 points or whatever it right. happens to be. Right. You know, and that and that goes for the playoffs as well. So yeah, and that's that's what averages are by by definition. There're going right. to be some highs. There're going to be some lows. But but again, when you look at the markers and you look at who's succeeding in college football today. It's the teams that are scoring up around 40 points a game and better that are, that are going the farthest. Yep. That's why Notre Dame has to be there. If they want to be a true, not just get to the playoffs, but win in the playoffs after they get there type team. Absolutely.
2: So what about the defense? This was harder to be honest with you, because for me, like there there's there's parts of the defense I'm very I'm bullish on right like the, the the secondary I think the secondary is going to be good and I I know there's question marks at safety but at the end of the day I feel good about the secondary for Notre Dame right depending on how the linebackers play or how they're used I I feel good about the linebackers maybe not as much as I have in the past but I feel good about them and I think their ceiling is very high And then you get to the defensive line and there's just a lot of question marks with the defensive line. I'm not saying I'm being negative about the defensive line, but there's question marks. There's guys that need to prove themselves, right? Like we're all high on Jason Onye. We're all high on Riley Mills, you know, but they still need to prove it, you know, prove it. Like they got to prove it on the field in a, on a, you know, uh, in, in a, in a manner that is every game, Every time they're out there, not just flashing the pan type stuff. So the ceiling is high, but I'm keeping my expectations to a reasonable level, I think. And so when I was thinking about the defense, you know, you talk about points per game. And I I mentioned this before. When they've been pretty decent, they've been at like 18, 19 points a game. Mm -hmm. That's a championship level defense. You can win championships with that defense. And so I upped it just a skosh. And I said 20. I think if they can average 20 points given up a game, I think that they can be in the conversation if the offense is as good as we think it can be.
1: That puts them around a top 25 scoring defense. In I that think game. that's okay. Ohio State was 25th last year, gave up 21 points a game. Notre Dame, and see, and that's that's the thing. Let me read you where Notre Dame ended up ranking last year. Scoring defense, 39. Rushing defense, thirty-seven both respectable room for improvement, but both respectable passing defense, 23 total defense, 22. And again, total defense is one of those markers that you look at when, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like they were the 22nd best total defense. What skews everything. And I mean, absolutely everything about the defense. It skews everyone's impression of what the defense was last year. It's what they did in the red zone. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, you know, again, even that, though that isn't one of these traditional statistical markers, we are not. Marshall started off by saying, Stat, I need to see top 30 in red zone defense efficiency. And that's what the whole thing defensively comes down to me. Because if every ranking is exactly the same that I just read off total defense, you know, rush defense, pass defense, scoring defense if everyone is exactly the same, yeah, you'd like to see it a little bit better, you know, scoring wise. But if they're a top 30 red zone defense as well, they're going to be a really good team. Like yep. that's what it came down to is they didn't let teams in. They were top 20 in keeping teams yeah. out of the red zone last yes. year. But was, it just was the red zone
2: penetrations or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. But once they got to the red zone, it was over. And yes. that's where they, that's, that's to me, the most important thing for this defense. I think everything else yep. is there now, you yep. know, again, there are some concerns with you know some new players like you talked about front end back end and all that stuff, but the whole thing boils down to that for me. Can they keep? Can yeah. they keep teams? Can they at least hold them to field goals and not give up twenty seven touchdowns in once teams get to the red zone? Last yeah, year? The, that's the number they gave up.
2: And and remember, we were always you know worried about the red zone offense and they can never score efficiently enough in the red zone and all of these different things and. Now, it's on the other side of the ball. Like I'm not worried about the offense scoring in the red zone. I'm worried about the defense giving up scores in the red zone. And if we're being honest, they can only get better. like they they can't get worse. i, I There was like very few opportunities the teams had in the red zone where they didn't score. Like I think yeah. it was seriously like one or two. I can't It was a ridiculous number. Like they have to be better. In the red zone, force field goals, get a couple turnovers, you know, whatever. And remember, this team was starved for turnovers early on in the season. Remember that? Like it was, they couldn't buy a turnover, right? That's where you know they're going to have to step up. They're 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 going to have to, uh, because I don't think this is a bad defense. I, I just think that they weren't doing what they needed to do in the red zone, and it was like all their hard work between the twenties went. To the wayside once they yeah. got inside the 20. It was like, and that's all people remember. You're absolutely right. It's all they remember. They just remember team scoring on this defense, period. yeah
1: Shamrocks and shenanigans says defensively wants to see the linebackers flying around, making plays, no more lost puppy marist out there, playing pinball wizard. If the starters aren't getting the job done, it's got to be next man in. I mean, that's that's one of the bigger questions. It's one of the bigger questions defensively, is what they're gonna get out of Leah Fowl at, at that will line sure. position this year.
2: And you know, is he going to start? We don't know. I mean, we're going to get a better sense of that. I think once we get to fall camp, right. Once we get a week or two into fall camp, depends on how much access we have. Uh, but I think there's a great opportunity that he's going to, his snaps are going to go down based on the way guys are pushing him. Uh, and, and on-field production has to matter. I mean, look, you and I are both coaches, right? we, when we're in practice and we see certain things and you're like, yes, that's the guy I want out on the field. And that's how you, that's how you start things off. And, but eventually you have to be realistic with what is actually occurring on the field of play mm-hmm. during a game. Cause there are some guys that are frustrating as all get out in practice. You're like, why do you keep making these mistakes? And then you put them in a game and they make no mistakes and they're just gamers. When the lights go on, they're just gamers. And then you've got the guys that are the exact opposite. They do everything right in practice. You put them in the game. It's like, who is this guy? What is happening? You know, and as a coach, you've got to be able to balance that. You know, you've got to be able to find the guys at the end of the day that are going to perform on game day. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't have said it any better. And that's,
1: you know, again, when you look at what they were defensively, last year, I think that maybe some of the you know, you know across the board, could there have been better linebacker play? Yeah, but it's that will linebacker spot for the last couple of years, you know, like going back to when Leah Fow and Shane Simon were splitting reps a couple of years ago, that's continued to be one of the bigger questions that this team has because they got virtually nothing out of those guys two years ago. Right, going on three, I guess you know that that year before Maris' injury, and you know it's it's amazing that like when you look at the tackle leaders on this team, Leofau is still up there because like it, it it reminds me a little bit of watching Jalen Smith in the NFL. Like the guy still makes tackles, but there are no difference making you know right. destructive type tackles. They are right. all they all tend to be at the line of scrimmage or five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Like none, none where you're really blowing things up and diagnosing quickly and you know those, those kind of things. That's what they need out of that position.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: Absolutely. And I think there's guys in that room that can do that. It just depends on can they do that in a game and will they get the opportunity to do that in the game? I I still think that's a legitimate question. And I agree with everybody in the chat. You know, if if there isn't progress from, you know, guys that have been out there, then they need to continue to look to see what else is out there. Because I think I think the gap has been closed with a lot of these guys. Like before, they're all true freshmen. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. You you don't necessarily want to throw them into the fire. I get it, especially at a position that is so linebacker heavy in this defense. I get it. Those guys have closed the gap. Like, it's time to see what we got. It's time to see what we got. Yeah. And we started to
1: see more of that
2: during the right. spring. The, the question exactly. is, are we going to
1: see a continuation of that? I would think that, you know, again, I, I think that that overall, just another year in the defense is, has helped out, everyone for the most part but yes it's it's i think that competition is is going to be good the competition from those young guys everything that we got to see from them so right i think
2: it's good i think it's going to push them all i do too and i think it's made the defense better and that's what you want right so i'm excited now sacks
1: this is a real quick before we wrap things up so they had 38 sacks last year yeah. They were tied with Alabama for 16th in the
2: nation. Like, when I looked that up today, I was like, "No!"
1: And like, I didn't realize that before today either. I had to double check <laughs> that a couple times. Yes,
2: I was shocked when I saw 38 sacks. It just didn't yeah. feel like they had 38 sacks to me, John. I don't, I don't know what it is. And when they were on the front page of the the stat site that I was like, it just, I was like, really. You know, like I knew, you know, Foskey had a good year from a stat standpoint, and I just didn't realize they had 38. I really didn't. I know. I know. So,
1: you know, to me, like, I think they can, they they might not quite hit that number. But, you know, again, like if they're between 33 and 40, you know, even if there's a a little bit of a drop off. Sure. I think you can still take that. But I think they're going to be right around that number. Again, if maybe not a little bit more. Like, I mean, just look at all the blitzes <laughs> that we saw in the spring. So I that that would be where I would put them at. I, I think I'm going to put them right around that 38 number
2: once again. I, I'm a little less – I feel like they're going to have less than that. I think they're okay. going to be a little bit – but see, here's the thing, and I keep going back and forth in my own head, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of teams playing catch-up with Notre Dame. So I think there's going to be more passing opportunities,
1: opportunities. which
2: means there's going to be more sack opportunities, right? So maybe that number isn't unrealistic, but I also think that this defense is going to fly to the football better this year than they did last year. I do too. And so last year, Notre Dame had 85 tackles for loss, and that put them at 36th in the country tied for, tied with, I should say, this is going to shock some people, Wake Forest. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, I feel like that number is going to go up a lot. I think there's going to be more tackles for loss this year just because I think the linebackers are going to be faster. I think they're going to be, I think the tackling is good. It has to get better in open space. You know, I just, I feel like that number is going to go up. And if that number can go up, then I think that, you know, defense as a whole, gets better across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't take that many, right? So they had 80 85, let's say they have 10 more. That puts them at 95. That puts them in the top 10. Like just like that. Yeah. You know. So I, I think there's going to be some more disruptive plays in the backfield. That's what I think. I would agree
1: with that. I would agree with that for sure. I, I, you know, again, it's it's spring practice and you're going against your own guys and all that stuff, but I sure. was like the disruptive stuff up front at the line of scrimmage, I was very impressed with, you know, mm-hmm. when it when it came to mm-hmm. Notre Dame's defense this season. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with what you're talking about. I think we're gonna see a lot more disruption up front this season. And that's gonna help everything
2: out. It's gonna help that red zone. It's gonna help you right. know everything that we've talked about yes. already. Just because it's gonna put teams off schedule. Yeah. It's gonna put them behind the sticks, as they say. You know, all the right. cliches that you can off schedule behind the sticks, you know, all those things. I, I do think that that is how this defense is going to operate. And then they have to come up big on third down, right? I mean, because yeah. I think they're going to be putting teams in second and long, third and long. And then now it's up to the secondary, which I'm bullish about. I think they're going to be the strength of this team, at least at the very beginning. Balls are going to be in the air. We're going to get TFL, you know, I mean, uh, batted balls, interceptions, like all of those different things it plays into what i think Notre Dame is good at
1: but uh, yeah and it's also going to help create more turnovers which yes what they, they need, need as
2: well they only forced <laughs> yes. 15
1: last year and like when you look at turnover margin like i didn't realize how many turnovers they committed last year it wasn't just that they only forced 15 they committed 18 which is Minus fairly three. Un- yeah yeah it was the 18 that they committed was uncharacteristically high as well. You had a few more fumbles than usual. Now, most of that came earlier in the season. It did get better over the second half of the season, but that that's obviously an area they've got to get better. But again, all the stuff that we've just talked about is going to help that. And I think Notre Dame, like if they're able to, you know, again, how much of it had to do with the fact you're learning a new defense and there was some hesitation and and stuff like that, because once they did, you know, look at, look at Benjamin Morrison, for example, once, right? <laughs> once they started forcing some turnovers, they did come a little bit in waves, but it was just over the second half of the season. So I think they're going to have at least 20, maybe as many as 25 based on the pace they had the second half of last year after, you know, guys seem to be more comfortable in the roles. It seemed like.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I, <clears throat> and I think that's why we saw guys flying around a little bit more, being able to use their athleticism because, I mean, you know, when you're not thinking about it, it just allows you to move faster. I mean, that's bottom line, right? I mean, that that's, that's common sense. So I'm hoping we see that in year two of Al Gold. And that's why I was not a big fan of everybody that was like, Al Gold's got to go, you know, he's got, you know, give him a chance to like get his defense in. I mean, he, He was hired right before spring, and I just just feel like give him an opportunity to have more than a year at Notre Dame, and let's see what his defense can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot better this year. And, again, it was already a pretty good defense last year. It was just a couple of things. The lack of turnovers forced in that red zone that really – I think that 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 clouded a lot of – you know, a a lot of what – was really pretty good over you know and the missed tackles and stuff like that they've got to get better at that too but again I felt like that was better at points over the course of the
2: season as well you know so all right anything else
1: before we move on
2: I'm excited about this year I mean I'm trying not to be like overly optimistic but I am very excited about what the offense can do and I think the the rise of what the offense can do will allow the defense to come along if, if there's any speed bumps or whatever with, with the defense, I think the offensive efficiency and the offensive numbers that they're going to be able to put up is going to allow the defense to come along. And the defense is going to be able to play with a lead.
1: There's going like, to be more much more margin for error.
2: You know what I mean? And And when yeah. you've got that and you're not forced to be on the field, like how many times last year were we like, The defense gave up an 80-yard drive at the end of the game. I mean, it was in their hands and, you know, all of these different things. I don't think that's going to be the case, (laughs) you know. I don't think they're going to be put in that position where that 80-yard drive ends up being a backbreaker for the game. And so that's going to allow the defense to, you know, play with a little bit more excitement, play with a little bit more athleticism and not be worried that if they make one mistake, they're going to lose the game. (laughs)
1: All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight. Had uh, fun as always. We appreciate it. Hit the like button and, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. Vince, I will uh, talk to you in a couple days.
2: Yes, baby. Here we go.
1: Wednesday. Can't wait. Sounds good. Talk to everybody else. Manana on IB Nation Sports Talk.